Has your company just gone public, giving you a sudden influx of wealth? Have you been saving for the future and want to be sure you're managing wisely? Congratulations, and welcome to Wealth Unlocked with Tom Selbo of Landmark Wealth Management Group. Tom offers guidance to help you make the big decisions surrounding your finances, avoid costly mistakes, and build a strong financial foundation for your future. Let's get started. Diversification. It's a key word when it comes to investing, but it should also apply to your sources of income in retirement. Tom Selbo has an intriguing comparison to illustrate the strategy of those different sources. I'm Patrice Sakora. All right. Taylor Swift is a great entertainer, Tom. Great entertainer. Savvy businesswoman, too. Yes. But how does her operations model set an example for retirement planning? Oh, my goodness. We're, we're going to jump into this. And there's a, I, I've where we sit today in the first quarter of 2023. I don't think anybody out there, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, has not <laughs> heard about Taylor Swift's the era's tour that, that's underway now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I am uh, not a huge, okay, are you a Swifty? Are you a Swifty? I'm, I'm not a Swifty, but okay. <laughs> I am a fan. I would be lying if I said there have not been multiple Taylor Swift songs running through my head over the past decades <laughs> at one time or another, they are just so dang catchy. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I think about the eras tour she's under and I I get slightly annoyed at how much I'm hearing about it. And then you start to hear some of the financials behind it. And that's where that got me really, my ears perked up and I just thought, okay, I'm going to dig into this. So Patrice, did you know she's expected after this tour alone, just on the concerts to make $620 million dollars? this just year on, just on the concerts just on the concerts and that's her take that's not even what the concerts are generating at large 620 million which is just an astounding number and after this tour it's going to make taylor swift the highest grossing female touring artist of all time you know so, it's so funny yeah. that you, it, that's a huge number and yet it's only the female touring artist I can only imagine what the male touring artists have done. Yeah, and I I didn't even look into that. I I'm guess if I had to guess who it was on the male side, I'm going to go with you know like Rolling the Stones. Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's got to be. <laughs> so I'll give you a stab at this, Patrice. Who who do you think was the previous highest grossing female touring artist oh. that Taylor Swift is going to uh, dethrone? Oh, geez, you didn't give me any chance to look this up either i did not i, I really <laughs> you know i really don't know so and i wouldn't have guessed either so it's going back to the 2008 and 2009 tour by madonna yeah okay that makes perfect sense it does it does yeah you go back to you know the 80s and 90s and, and you know the, the longevity of madonna's career but she right. was the previous uh but not not after this year taylor swift is gonna take that crown but now, you know, Taylor Swift is such a savvy, as I said, businesswoman in the intro. She owns her own stuff. She went and she fought for that and she has it. She knows what it's worth. She does. I mean, and you know, there's no no denying just the uh, the hard work 
the work ethic Taylor Swift has, I mean, the talent, mm -hmm. beauty, I mean, you know, you get annoyed going down the list of all the boxes she checks. But I, one thing that impressed me that I think we can really learn from is how many different sources of income Taylor Swift has. And it's just a, it's a fun list to go down. And then I, I want to make some comparisons for all of us and how we can learn and just, you know, apply these principles to, to us mere mortals. <laughs> Sure. On, so, on our next uh, tour that we go on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so Taylor Swift, her she has six sources of income. She actually has much more, but these are the main ones. So number one, she makes money off of streaming services. So every time we get in the car and my wife streams Taylor Swift from Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, she gets a small cut of that every time her songs are streamed from those services. So that that's one. Now two, obviously she makes money off of touring. We just went through that. Mm -hmm. uh, an immense amount of, of her personal income comes from touring. And by the way, did you, on this era's tour she's under, this is, it. it's a three hour concert she does. There's, I mean, a massive amount of wardrobe changes. She has very little breaks. I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, that takes some stamina to, to do that. <laughs> right, right. And I've been told that at least in the past, when she had autograph signings afterwards, she would stay until the bitter end. As long as there were fans in line, she stayed and she signed. Exactly. Yeah. And you just, you admire that and it, it's awesome to see. So she she got she makes money from streaming services from touring. Now closely related related to touring is merchandise. Mm -hmm. And I, I read the statistic on this recent tour. The average cost of a piece of merchandise is eighty dollars at a concert this year. And you know I didn't even know what I think of merchandise. I think okay, you get the T-shirt or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even know what other merchandise she sells, but 80 bucks a pop. That's uh inflation is here. <laughs> it's definitely there, but it's a, it's a, you know, it's definitely not one of a kind, but you're at the concert and this is what I got at the concert. Exactly. So you've got, she makes money from merchandise. It's her third source, fourth source of income. She has tons of endorsements. So she's done endorsement deals with AT&T, Target, Coca-Cola, Sony, the list goes on, but she has endorsement deals. Mm -hmm. She kind of got, you know, a fourth source of income coming in. And the last two, certainly she makes money from digital and physical record sales, which for the record, I, I have not bought a physical record or CD in probably 20 years. Haven't you heard that vinyl is back? I know, I know. I, I it hasn't caught on for me. I I am not that hip, but yes, I know it's caught on. It's caught on, and hey, I'm from the old school. I love vinyl. The sound is so much better. That's what I hear, and I I need to experience it. Yeah. So no you got comment. no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so she got she has digital and, and physical record sales, and then amazing thing for someone like Taylor Swift is she writes her own songs. Mm -hmm. So she gets publishing and licensing revenue for, you know, for covers that people do on her songs, it goes into streaming, but just for, for the song she's actually written 
when, when they get used out there. So she's got, let me just go through these six again. You got streaming services, Spotify, Google Play, touring, merchandise, endorsements, record sales, publishing, licensing. She's got, you know, she's got six major sources of income that's helping her fund her lifestyle. And, and I realize this is a, a lavish example, but I just wanted to take that and really what can we learn from that? And there, there's so much we can learn from that. And I want to share with everybody just the mindset I have as a financial advisor, as someone who's trying to help you get to retirement and, and live in retirement. And, and part of that mindset that we need to have is identifying and creating different sources of income for ourselves. And I think it's pretty self-explanatory and it you know, I, I go through the Taylor Swift example and it's probably a lot of you thinking, well, okay, yeah, never going to have sources of income like that. <laughs> and granted, no, those are, those are very unique sources of income, but we all have some very basic sources of income that are already baked into most of your plans. And I, I just want to share what those are. So, you know, the whole point of saving for retirement, whether you're saving in 401ks, brokerage accounts, investing in real estate, is to ultimately set up these additional sources of income. So I'm just going to go through a, a list for, again, for us mere mortals around uh, different areas of passive sources of income we can have and set up for ourselves. And, you know, we, we all gravitate towards different ones of these, but but here they are. So one, everyone should be familiar with this, but most of us will get social security when we retire. It's, it's kind of a very basic source of income you're going to have uh, in retirement. And, you know, it, it's baked in and it's great. You've got that there. Uh, another one, dividends from stocks. So a lot of people, they invest in their 401k. They might buy some stocks along the way. And uh, most people just sort of think about, okay, I want it to grow. And, and granted, we we do and it, they do. But part of what a lot of stocks do is they, they actually pay their shareholders dividends. You, you don't even need the stock to appreciate at all, and they're going to pay you income. So for a portion of your retirement income, setting up a dividend-paying stock portfolio is a wonderful way to just have a, a secondary source of income coming in. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I can tell you from experience, my mother does that. She is she invested well and she has some blue chip stocks and they give her that dividend income and she's perfectly happy with it when the check comes in. Exactly. And and you you sit here and go, well, okay, you know, a, a normal dividend paying stock portfolio. I, I don't want to say normal, but even if it's something very reasonable where it's, you know, it's paying $1,000 a month of dividends. Okay. You're not earning Taylor Swift money, but you have a passive source of income coming in generated by dividends that, you know, you didn't have to go to work to do. So dividends from stocks, great source of income in retirement. Uh, this one, you know, this is a smaller overlooked one, but it's becoming more in the forefront and it's really just interest on savings accounts. I got I got to take you to task here, Tom. Yeah. What kind of interest are you getting on savings accounts these days? 
So these days, again, we're in the first quarter of 2023. If you go to a online savings account, um, and even some in, from the brick and mortar banks, but online savings accounts are becoming more and more popular. You can earn about anywhere between three and a half and 4% on your money. I get to look for those. Yes. Now I say that it's been overlooked because for the past 20 years, savings accounts, you know, you get two pennies right. every year. And with the rising rate environment we've been in, we have seen savings accounts rates go up massively. So just risk-free interest on your savings, you know, coupled in with that, I would just say CDs, certificates of deposit, uh, those are also paying upwards of 5% right now on a one-year basis. Mm -hmm. um, those are wonderful sources of income that you can set up for yourselves in retirement. Keep going down the list here. Uh, certainly some of us have pensions. Uh, not They're becoming you know, fewer and far between, right. but uh, those government workers, even those that have worked for large corporations, you know, some of those blue chip names, Patrice, they still will offer pension plans. And again, on top of social security, you've got a uh, pension income coming in. Rental real estate is one that gets a huge amount of attention. And uh, in my opinion, it gets overhyped just the, the benefits of rental real estate. I think it it is a great supplemental source of income and wealth creation over time. Uh, I think what most people don't realize is you know how much capital it takes to make them cash flow correctly and uh, and and how much risk there is on the front end when you you have debts on properties. But you do it properly over a long period of time. Rental real estate, uh, amazing source of of income you can set up for yourself down the road. Now, coming to the end of the list, I would say uh, similar to savings accounts, but bonds pay interest. So you can buy a, a government bond, a U.S. Treasury. You can buy a corporate bond. You can buy a what's called a municipal bond. I did an episode a little bit mm -hmm. back on municipal bonds. Check that out if you're interested. But bonds, you you lend your money to somebody, a municipality, a company, the U.S. government, and uh, they pay you interest for that. So bond interest, great source of, of retirement uh, retirement income. And then the last two, we I, I put business income out there. Some of us run our own businesses. And as you get closer to retirement, you you might slowly fade out or have others come in to actually run it where you you take less salary but you know the business is still generating some income uh so that's that's a source for a lot of people i always just a classic example and, and i don't even know if vending machines are still a big <laughs> thing but i've always just had this thing like oh what if i owned a, a thousand vending machines around the country and you know you pay someone to restock them and i just get this income coming in i didn't need to do anything people buying their chips and Snickers bars. And <laughs> so anyways, you, you can set up businesses like that, that, that generate income. And when you think about in a retirement sense, uh, you don't want a business that you have to actively work in at least all that heavily because you're retired, but you can set up businesses and be owners of, uh, of a business that, uh, that generates 
passive income. And then the last one on the list, um, and there are certainly more, but a lot of people have annuity contracts, either through employers or that they've bought through through the private sector. Um, and annuities will pay a lifetime income for you or your spouse that can be set up in a variety of ways. And that's the point of annuities to to generate a monthly or annual income that you can't outlive. So I, I've really gone down this huge list. And just to highlight them again, we've got dividends from stocks, social security, interest from savings accounts, pensions, rental real estate, bond interest, business income, and annuity income, which are, these are all main ways that all of us have access to, to generate different sources of income. And what I would do wrapping this up is I, I would just share from a planning perspective, why these sources are so important is I love to build in different sources of income for my clients. And I, I like the sources to be non-correlating. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have social security income, for example, as a source of income that is completely unaffected by what's going on in the stock market. Mm -hmm. So even if you have stock market declines and your dividend income from your stocks goes down in certain market conditions, you know, you have other sources like social security that are not affected and, and vice versa. So you, you might have times where you don't get many social security raises because we're in low inflation times, but your stock portfolio may have done very well. So your dividend interest uh, income goes up. So you, you want to layer in, you know, three, four, five, six sources of income that are non-correlating in some way, just so that you can live through the inevitable ups and downs in the economy and the different areas of the economy that, uh, that will inevitably go through contractions. And with the different sources set up, you won't have to worry about all of your income collapsing. And if it really gets rough, you can always go on tour. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if if you're out there and and again, we're all going to gravitate towards different uh, income generating things. And, and for those of you that, that don't, that's why professionals like myself exist to help you set yourself up for these different sources of income. So you can have a successful retirement so if you would like to have a conversation about how to do this in your scenario, please reach out to me. You can check us out on our website, landmarkwealth.com, or feel free to shoot me an email, tomselbo at landmarkwealth.net. And Tom, that was a great discussion. Thank you so much for it. Listeners, if you find this information helpful, of course, follow or subscribe to the podcast, share with others, and we thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Unlocked podcast with Tom Selbo. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. And follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at Landmark Wealth for all podcast updates. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Landmark Wealth Management Group. 
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.